What does the average week look like for you? Sure, it may start with church on a Sunday morning, but by Monday, can any of us remember what the sermon was about? We spend so much of our time on just making it through the week, helping our children with online school, balancing our job and our family life, finding time for our spouse or our significant other. But most of what we do related to our faith is crammed into about 80 minutes on a Sunday. Did you know that in a week there are 10,080 minutes? If we're spending only 80 of those focusing on our faith, what are we doing with the other 10,000? That's what this podcast is all about. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 10,000 Podcast, where we want to bring God into your 10,000 minutes each and every week. We're so glad to be back after taking our short holiday break, and we're kicking things off. Uh, my name is Sawyer Trapp. I'm our associate pastor here at Arise Church Denver, and I'm joined by our lead pastor, Matt Wolf. Hey, everybody. So glad that you're joining us today. Happy New Year. I know we're well into the new year now, but it's good to have you guys back joining us. We missed you. Yeah, we did. Yeah, and we love uh, talking with you guys and love hearing your questions, thoughts, comments. You can always send those in. To me at mwolf at arisedenver.com or to Sawyer at strap at arisedenver.com. We love hearing from you guys. Absolutely. Yeah, so we're excited to get started. Um, if you joined us last week, either in person or online, we know you know that we uh, kicked off our new series for this new year called The Quest. All about um, the journey that we have in following Jesus, but based with this idea in our favorite quest and adventure movies. Matt, what, what's your favorite? Yeah, so, I mean, for me, the obvious answer is The Lord of the Rings. Okay. Um, I read Classic. the books before they came out in movies, and, and then when they came out, I loved the movies, mm-hmm. and then I went back and read the books again. <laughs> so I love The Lord of the Rings, and I love The Hobbit even. You know, that's was my gateway into that. Right. Because um, The Lord of the Rings is a quest. You know, I talked about the different types of genres of stories that, that Christopher Booker could come up, and he actually says The Lord of the Rings is interesting because it actually has all seven types within the Lord of the Rings. Really? Yeah, so it's kind of cool because it's such an epic story, but at its heart, it's a quest, right? It shows how long it is. Especially, right. if, you're, especially <laughs> if you're watching those extended versions. Yes. I've had some, some friends, I don't know if you've ever done this, Matt, but that have watched the extended versions back to back to back to back in a whole marathon that takes like over a day. Yeah, I, I have not done that. Um, <laughs> yeah, at least 12 hours, I think that would be. But no, I have not done that. But yeah, at its heart, it's a quest, right? Because yeah. Frodo is on the quest to take the ring and throw it into Mount Doom. That's right. Right. That's what the epic quest is, to defeat Sauron and save <laughs> Middle-earth, right? Um, so I love that quest. That's probably my ultimate one. Nice. What about you, Sawyer? It's tough. I'm, like, torn between uh, Star Wars and Indiana Jones. Okay. I think I'm going to have to go with Indiana Jones. I love history and adventure yeah. and um, just Harrison Ford in that movie is just, like, kind of a little bit who I aspire to be, like yeah. this person who can sit down in a library and study, but then also go out on these amazing adventures and, <laughs> yeah, find the, the Holy Grail and the Ark of the Covenant, and, yeah. Okay, so which one is your favorite? And don't say Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Well, no, that's not even in the contention. Okay, good. And, and supposedly, good. <laughs> I don't know if this is true, but they're looking at making a fifth. Okay. Like, I've heard rumors that it's, like, in the works to make another one. I believe it. They yeah. make a sequel to every sequel. Of right? course, yeah. Um, yeah. But I would have to say... See, Temple of Doom is good, but it's, like, too scary. And the first time I mm-hmm. saw it was, yeah. like, as a kid. And so that was, like, a bit much for me. 
So I think I'm going to have to go Last Crusade. Like it, okay. The addition of um, Sean Connery in that movie, Rest in Peace, I just think is such a good counterbalance to the Indiana Jones character, and I really enjoy that one. Okay, that, that's good. Um, yeah. I'd probably have to pick Raiders of the Lost Ark. I mean, a classic, absolutely. Yeah, yeah it, I it's, mean, it's close. It's not even just like the, the top Indiana Jones. For me, it's like one of the, my top ten movies. Oh, yeah, like, I'd sure. have to go and actually rank my top ten movies, but <laughs> it's up there for up sure. There. I love it. Yeah. Um, just the action sequences, you mm-hmm. know, the adventure, the whole thing. Yeah. Um, Last Crusade, I think, is a tad bit long. There's some points That's that fair. drag on at, at different sections. But yeah, Temple of Doom, yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> Not for the scary thing, but I read a real long article on it years ago. I think it was on The Ringer, or or maybe even on Grantland, which was like the, the predecessor to The Ringer, like okay. a, a news, uh, not a news site, a media site, right? <laughs> and it turns out while they were filming that movie, both Steven Spielberg and Harrison Ford were going through divorces, like pretty nasty divorces. Okay. So like the, the, the figure of the woman, I, I, this is bad, I don't even remember her name. Um, I don't think or I do either. Actress. I can see her in my head. But yeah, you see her in her head. And she's just the whole time screechy and complaining. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's almost like embodying this woman that they were like angry with. Oh, okay. And well, that, so that it's makes in, sense. It was like an interesting okay. thing. But like, yeah, of, of all the Indiana Jones, it's fun. It's got some adventure in it. But yeah, I, I put, uh, you know, the first and the third. Yeah. Definitely. High above it. And then the fourth, let's just not even, let's pretend like it doesn't exist. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Indiana Jones, those are great quests because, yeah. you know, it's the, this hero and, and he's a little less of the unlikely hero, but he certainly is the hero setting mm-hmm. off on a quest. Yeah. Um, it has all the different elements of it. There's the call. Hey, we've got to find the Ark of the Covenant. Hey, we've got to find the Holy Grail. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there's they're setting off on the journey. There There's a guide. So who's the guide in, in those... The, oh, what is his name? Yeah, no, no. <laughs> you're gonna test my memory. I, I can I can see him well, in my it's head. It's one of his fellow professors. Yes. Um, and, and yeah, so so the fellow professor that that they kind of has the guide that kind of leads leads him. And there's other some smaller guides along the way. There's mm-hmm. the friend in Egypt, um, who is also in the Lord of the Rings. Um, yes. And man, we're we're bad knowing actors and actresses' <laughs> names, but yeah, g- plays Gimli the Elf in Marcus Brody is who Marcus we're trying Brody, to think yes, of. It's his right. guide. Um, yep. And then uh, Sala is uh, the friend in Egypt. Okay, I would not have told you that name in a hundred years. Yeah, I me think neither. I, would, I would, can would picture have him. Marcus Brody. Yeah. But yeah, there's the different guides. Mm-hmm. Then there's the companions. Yeah, um, short round. That one I remembered. <laughs> short Absolutely. Round. Yeah, now is a little less politically correct. Yes, um, yes. But yeah, there's there's the friends um, that that join on that mm-hmm. journey. There's usually a woman um, mm-hmm. that that's a companion as well, and, and then you know you have the companion. You set off, and then of course there's obstacles. Right. You know they go to a location. It's not there. Um, booby traps. Booby traps. Nazis. Yep. Captured by Nazis, and then there's temptations as well. So. Mm-hmm. You know, you think of the temptations is to use the power of the Ark of the Covenant um, in the, the first movie. Mm-hmm. And then what's the temptation in The Last Crusade? Well, it's to take the cup. Take the cup yeah. to drink it for your own yeah. eternal life. So there's mm-hmm. these temptations that um, Indiana Jones has to overcome. And, of course, it's to get the goal, which is to find this great treasure. Mm-hmm. I always think, though, the ending is is like... <laughs> So people let down. Right. That long zooming out shot of the warehouse of the Ark of the Covenant. Right. And it just seems expanding, <laughs> yeah. expanding, expanding. Yeah. 
Uh, you know, the worst movie like that, though, for What's me. That? And here's a spoiler alert. I guess we spoiled that, too, but spoiler alert. These for, movies are old enough, I think. For the right. Book of Eli, like, oh, okay. such an epic book. Yeah. And it's cool for us because, like, the quest is to bring the book, which you find out at the very end is, of course, the Bible. Right. Um, it, it's, he takes it and then he puts it on a shelf right next to two dozen other books. Like, yeah. there's the Quran there and there's, I don't even know, all their other sacred scriptures for mm-hmm. other religious faiths and I'm like oh what a disappointment like it's the book not one of many books that you put on a shelf right. in a library right so uh, <laughs> you know th- there's those disappointing endings of the quest but the point is we like these stories of quests because they're so epic mm-hmm. and we'd love to hear your favorite quest stories as well yeah absolutely. so if you have favorite quest stories we'd love to hear from you if you think we're absolutely ridiculous with the <laughs> ones we picked and the kingdom of the crystal skull is the best Indiana Jones ever you should probably just go ahead and unsubscribe now wow. to this podcast. Fired. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'll pray for you, though. Um, but we'd love to hear with you, and I'd love to hear what's your favorite quest. Watership Down, maybe. Like that, That's a kind of a classic one. Mm-hmm. Watership Down. Treasure Island, I read, reread that last okay. year as, yeah. as preparation. I was like, I want to get in the quest mindset. There you go. You know, more modern ones, Brave. I've mm-hmm. watched that with McKinley. Yep. Brave and Finding Nemo and Moana. What's your favorite one? Melissa It really likes Legally Blonde. She convinced me, and she's right, that that is a quest it's story. It's a quest movie. You know, um, Princess Bride is another one. So what is your favorite quest? We'd love to hear from mm-hmm. you, book or movie. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so my message this last Sunday was starting out the quest, giving the overview of it, and then focusing on the intro to it, which is the call. That for us as followers of Jesus, our call and our quest is come follow me, mm-hmm. come follow me. So I challenged everyone to take a step. But you brought up a really great question, Sawyer. Yeah, absolutely. So like in the steps that you outlined, um, a couple of them are pretty straightforward. Like to you know be there for the be there and listen to this entire series, or you know to take that big step of of accepting Jesus as your savior and and committing to follow him. But one of the ones you said, which I think is super important for a lot of us who already are Christians, um, is listening to what God is calling you to. Like you, you owned it. You're like, you're like, I don't know what God is calling you to. Like it, it might be doing something. It might be stopping something. Uh, it might be, um, starting a relationship, ending a relationship, moving, staying where you are. Like you don't know what God is calling us to, mm-hmm. but what you encouraged us to do is to listen to whatever God was calling us to. And, and so I was and thinking, take a step, yeah. and take a step and right. do that thing. And I was thinking like, that requires us to know what God is calling us to, and that is a huge thing. I mean, I, I get into conversations with people either on Sundays or um, with our students on Wednesday or even people who aren't even connected to church, like trying to determine and decipher and discern what God is calling us to is like one of those really big questions of life, whether it's a small thing um, or like really big stuff like career changes or moves or what your job is going to be, whether the person that you're in a relationship with is the one, like these big things that we have to discern leads us to the question of how do we actually, and in this podcast on practicality, like how do we actually discern what God is calling us to? Yeah. And that's such a good question. And it's one that I get again and again. again. It's a question I've had, Mm -hmm. um, whether it's for smaller things or for enormous things, like who you're going to marry, which yeah. is 
probably the second most important decision you'll make in your life. Mm-hmm. First one is, will you follow Jesus? <laughs> um, but who will you marry would be the second one, I think, you know, that impacts so many things about your life. So how do you discern that? So let's start out with some of those big decisions. Sure. Because the smaller ones, like, we all acknowledge, like, what coffee you get at Starbucks or, or what drink you get, like... <laughs> Or, yeah, or what you eat for lunch, or maybe, like, yeah, I don't know, you whether know, you should go to the gym today or not, you probably should, just side note. But. Yeah, look, <laughs> yeah, you can, you can, or maybe you shouldn't because of COVID. Oh, maybe, uh, yeah, you yeah. know. Work out at home, then. All right, yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so those smaller ones, we all will acknowledge they have smaller repercussions, so if we're not you know, doing all those things exactly perfectly, it's probably not as big of a consequence. Let's just acknowledge that right off. Mm -hmm, Not to say those aren't important decisions. Mm -hmm. Every decision that you make in your life is important. But we're talking Mm -hmm. about the bigger ones, who you're going to marry, which school you're going to go to, um, what what church you're going to be a part of, what ministry you might serve in, Mm -hmm. um, there's what, what what career path you'll take. So these big decisions, and we're like, wow, this is big. This will impact so much of my life. And other people around me, how do I make this decision? How do I know what God is leading me to do? Mm-hmm. So what do you think, Sawyer? Well, I, I think I really want to be really, really practical with this because I think in, in these situations, I think it's really easy for us to use a bunch of like big Christian words or you like you just got to feel God in your heart. So I think it starts off with, and this is going to sound like a very basic answer, but I think it really starts off with prayer. That in any situation, especially in these big situations that we're dealing with, um, it's really easy for us to just to start and start thinking and start rationalizing, making a pros and cons list, doing all that sort of stuff. But really just acknowledging right off the bat that our dependency is on God. And so starting off that process, maybe as this decision presents itself, is just start praying right away. Mm -hmm. And throughout the whole process of deciding and discerning, don't stop praying. It isn't like, okay, I prayed, check, get that over with, out of the way, now I can make the decision. It's no. Having that constant conversation with God of, God, you know, this this decision is in front of me, or this person, I mean, we're moving forward in our relationship, like, and just bathing that entire situation in prayer, not just by you, and I think we'll get into this a little later on, but that this decision isn't to be made alone. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's good. So let's talk about prayer, yeah, too. Sure. So uh, I think that's so important. I've been doing a deep dive on David and all, okay. uh, the King David in the mm-hmm. Bible, and particularly on his early um, years of being a king. A lot of people kind of skip over that. You know, we, we right. Think we of, go from David and Goliath to right. David and Bathsheba. Right. right? It's yeah. like all those middle yeah. years are just mm-hmm. like gone. Um, but I'm studying it because I'm working on my doctorate, and it really applies to what I'm studying. And one of the most interesting thing is. God had anointed him to become king mm-hmm. already, like years before he became king, yeah. decades probably, and Saul was the king in place. So David knew he'd been called by God very clearly to be king. Saul dies, mm-hmm. and then he still, it says in Second uh, Samuel chapter 2, that David inquired of the Lord, verse 1, shall I go up to Judah and where shall I go? So mm-hmm. he's like wondering, okay, do I go to Judah? Do I become the king? So he's still like asking, is now the time? And and basically it was because there has to be a period of mourning and grief Mm -hmm. that he felt but also needed to go through before he could step in and say, I'm going to be king. So he was still like, God, is is now the time? Should I go? Where should I go um, in order to establish myself now as the new king? 
So King David is just like this great example of of what it means to seek God, to inquire of God. In fact, that's one of the knocks on King Saul, his predecessor, that mm-hmm. he didn't do that. Or when he did it, he didn't listen to what God said. <laughs> right. So that's the first thing, prayer. But one of the interesting examples with Saul is that God doesn't tell him one time where he's, he inquires of God, what am I supposed to do? And God doesn't give him clear, specific instruction. So seeking God through prayer is really important, but sometimes even with that, it's not abundantly clear. Right. It's not abundantly clear. So the first thing, you're right on, prayer, right? And in fact, in in James chapter 1, it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask, and God gives generously to all without finding fault. Right. So you have faults, you're an idiot, you should have asked earlier, (laughs) you don't have any wisdom, ask, and God wants to give you that wisdom. So ask him first. Mm -hmm. And sometimes through prayer, it becomes abundantly clear what you're supposed to do. But. But. What happens when it's not? What happens when it's not? (laughs) Or what happens when it seems like God is silent? Right. What, what do we do next? Oh, I was asking you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I would say, I, I think we turn to the things that God has already said to us. Okay, that's good. Which is the Bible. That, okay. that is the Scriptures. word of God. That, yep. that we can, we may not have an exact, you know, verse that we can turn to of saying, Sawyer, when you're in this situation in your life, this is what you should do. Like, I, I'm pretty confident that's not in the Bible. Right. And so we don't have these very specific um instances of what God is telling us to do. But the Bible gives us a great framework, a great uh, approach to the ways that God is calling us to, and often shows us very clearly what God is not calling us to. So let's be specific about what this doesn't mean. Okay, okay? sure. What this doesn't mean is you randomly flip open your Bible and put your finger on a word, and that's what God is telling you. Mm-hmm. Okay, God may speak through that, but that's not the way God intends us to use his word, is yeah. it? When, whenever, whenever I've tried that, like as a child and everything, I end up with some weird verse and it's like, I don't know, something from the law or a genealogy and it's like, I don't yeah, know, God, that's not helpful. It's not like, <laughs> what school should I go to? You open it yep. up to Leviticus, sacrifice the lamb, therefore I shouldn't go and be a CSU ram. I need to go be a buff. Like, no, 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 that's not how you should <laughs> never be a buff. Go CSU, go rams. Um, but oh, there you go. <laughs> you know that's not what we mean right. by read the scriptures. Right. Um, what we mean is that you read it and and God gives a general account of His will. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the will of God is God says, "Do not lie." Clear as day. Mm-hmm. Okay, clear as day. Don't lie. Don't murder. Don't steal. Don't commit adultery. Um, do go to church. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're wondering on a Sunday morning, should I go to church or not? No, no, no. You're already told go to church. Like, right to not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, as it says in Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. Mm-hmm. There are certain things that are clearly expressed as God's clear moral will. Mm-hmm. So if you're wondering, um, I've been dating this person for a few years. They're kind of pressuring me, really want me to sleep with them. Should I do it or should I not? You don't need to pray about that because God's will is clear that you should keep the marriage bed pure, as right. it says in Hebrews chapter 13, that um, you shouldn't. Um, what is it? What is the line in Song of Songs? You shouldn't, um, you know, embrace love before it is time. There you go. Yeah, before before the time is right. Yeah, or yeah. Something so like that. so yeah, wait yeah. till like it's clear in the scriptures mm-hmm. that s- sex is meant for the beautiful relationship of marriage. Mm-hmm. So wait, the answer is clear. You don't need to seek uh, God's guidance on that because He's already given His guidance on that. Right, and that's what I was getting at. Is that it often. 
the, the, the Word of God, the Bible, doesn't give us this clear, specific direction, but it mm-hmm. often will reveal very, very clearly what is outside the will of God. Yes, yes. It, it, what, what is the will of God and what's outside of the will of God. So yeah. now you've, you've narrowed things down quite a bit. Right, absolutely. So as you've begun to pray, as God has beginning to speak, or even if God isn't speaking, that you're being formed and, and molded as you, as you look into the Word of God, um, that you see very clearly that there are things that are outside of God's will and God's call. And there is this, you know, <laughs> I, like to, I like to think of it this way, that the, the Bible sets a fence post. Yeah. So we don't have a huge open field. We okay. have this huge pasture, but it is fenced. There is things that are outside of God's will and God's call on us. But there's a big pasture of things that are inside the will of God. Yeah. So let's narrow it down a little bit further, Absolutely. and I believe that you can through the scriptures as well. Okay. So I think that's clear. So the first thing we said is pray, mm-hmm. seek God. Second thing is look at God's word, what's out of bounds and what is in bounds. Okay, then the third thing is through the scriptures to renew your mind. So mm-hmm. it's really interesting in Romans 12, 1 and 2, it says that, um, therefore I urge you, in view of God's mercies, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. So if you have said, God, I'm living for you, Then it says in verse 2, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then what? You will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So it tells us how we can know God's will. Mm -hmm. To offer your bodies to God, offer your lives to God, don't conform to the pattern of this world, and be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So the more time you spend in God's Word, letting your mind be renewed, I'm memorizing Scripture, I'm studying it, I'm around people who are Christian, I'm going to church and hearing the message every Sunday, then I'm in a community group uh, 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 during the week, which are starting up. That's right, quick up. plug, starting <laughs> starting next week, 24th, next Sunday, depending upon when you're listening to this, um, you can sign up right now. So Yeah, you, because then you're discussing it with other people who will also be able to like, um, no, this is how you could apply it to your life, or this is how I'm applying it in your life, my life, so hey, I'm seeing it. Your mind is being renewed. It's being changed. It's being um, you know, more like Jesus. Yeah, That's what we're talking like about. Jesus. It's Absolutely. more and more like Jesus in my life because my mind is being renewed by this constant um, witness of God's Word speaking into my life again and again and again. Yeah, and I, I think a great, like, image of that. I don't know if you've ever been around a, a couple that has been married for 50 or 60 years. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's, it, we make a joke out of it, right? Is that they, they're, they're very similar to one another. Sure. They, they finish each other's sentences. Yep. They know what the other person is thinking. They can, they can sit in the same room and not have to talk. Right. Why is that? Yep. Because they've spent so much time around each other. Right. They know the other person. And the same is true with our faith. It's like, as we spend more time with God, more time in His Word, more time in prayer, more time in discussing and, and spending time with other people who follow God, we're going to be able to become more like God and know what God wants for us. Yeah, it's true. I, you know, yeah. another analogy is I remember when I was a teenager. You know, sometimes I'd have a friend, "Hey, you want to go do this?" And I would know, no, I can't do that. Not because my parents had said, you're not allowed to do that, but Mm -hmm. because I just knew what they expected of me Mm -hmm. in general. So I didn't need to ask them specifically about that particular thing. No, I I know I'm not allowed to do that, nor do I want to do that. Mm -hmm. So the same thing with our Father in Heaven. We get to know Him. We know what He wants for this situation, even if there's not this explicit, clear command in Scriptures for that specific... We've renewed our mind enough. We know. Right. So, so that's a, an, another aspect. You mentioned another one. Mm-hmm. It's community. It's community. How does that work? 
Yep, absolutely. So I, I would say community becomes, and it is called to be by the Bible, as this primary location of discerning the call of God. That yep. it's really easy for us to convince ourselves otherwise or just fall into our own mind that the will of God just happens to align with exactly what we were thinking. And that might happen as we renew our minds. But that community, the context of community, the church, and especially these small groups, these community groups that we have where people know you, they know your life, they know what you're good at, what you're not good at, your your hangups, your hurts, your pain. I don't know about you, but like I have this, we all have this blind spot of ourselves that we either think we're better than we are, or we don't see stuff. And then somebody will speak into our life, somebody who knows us, like our spouse or a good friend or people in our community group, and we'll be like, oh my gosh, you're so right. And as we seek to discern the call of God, as we, if we've delved into prayer, we've dived into the Bible, as our mind is being renewed, we can bring people into that. We invite people in and say, hey, I feel like God might be calling me to this job or yep. that, you, you know, I've been dating so-and-so for a long period of time. Mm. What would you think about me asking them to marry me or like pursuing that as a couple? Like, or I don't know what that is, what that big decision is, or like, I don't know. I feel like God might be calling me to be a, a, a ram. I don't know, but like, <laughs> yeah, or, or maybe not. I don't know. Don't let me, maybe you're in the decision point right now and that has swayed you, but that might Go be the Rams. Right. <laughs> but bringing that other person in or other people in, in this group and in people that know you well is such a really positive and I would say necessary step. Yep. And in fact, the next two messages in this series about the guides yeah. and the companions are yeah. about that. The guides are the people who have been there before, who know things, who are wise. We should have some of those people, as we'll talk about this this upcoming week, mm-hmm. on speed dial. And yeah. we should be in relationship with them so we can learn from the people who have gone before. Um, because you might think, oh, they don't know what they're talking about. They know what they're talking about. Okay? Absolutely. So we need guides. We need companions who are with us on our journey, who know the ins and outs, like Sawyer said. And, mm-hmm. and community group is a great way to make these companions because those people know. Proverbs fifteen twenty two: plans fail for lack of counsel. There you go. But with many advisors, they succeed. Many advisors. Okay? So that's important, too. You don't yeah. just have one go-to person. You have multiple people you talk to. Call them up. Um, Melissa and I recently watched a uh, rom-com, which will remain nameless, you know, not that great uh, in my (laughs) opinion. We watched the rom-com, and and the guy got dumped by the girl that he had proposed to, and and everybody was like, oh, yeah, and they all knew it. And he's like, why did you all know it and not say anything? Okay, people are nervous to say things when when you're making dumb decisions, (laughs) and they can all see it. But we need to go seek those things out because guaranteed if all your friends think that your significant other uh, isn't great and you really ask them and tell them that you probably shouldn't marry that person. If your parents think the person is awful and your parents are godly Christians, Mm -hmm. let me put that caveat, you probably shouldn't marry that person. Okay. If someone tells you don't go to that school or don't go to that into that career field because... There's too many temptations. Don't just say, oh, I'm strong enough. I can do it. Think, oh, maybe they know what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. That's the number one party school in the country. I should go to CSU and be a RAM instead. This, this is this is coming into like a, a, just a <laughs> Matt secretly works for the CSU yeah. admissions team, and he gets extra bonuses if he keeps highlighting. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I'm really kidding. Um, 
I have some friends that have regrettably gone to see you, and I'm still friends with them. Oh, uh, so strong, so strong, Matt. <laughs> um, so yeah, whatever you know. You, but there, there may be something that your friends or your guides say. I don't think that's great for you. Mm-hmm. Um, don't go into this field because it's really hard to stay a Christian in that industry. Mm-hmm. Or they might say, yeah, but you are the one God is calling to do that. Okay, right. wow. Like, okay, I, I've gotten some confidence. I, other people have told me this to confirm that this is a good thing for me. Mm-hmm. You can always send a question into us. That's us, right. We, maybe we can help <laughs> something. Uh, see, see counsel from people. Is there anything else? I was just going to say one of the most impactful things um, that somebody has shared with me, and I was somebody who was a guide in my own life. So yeah. I just want to say, like, if you're in that situation of you've prayed, you've really dived in, you've worked in the Bible, like you're being, your mind is being renewed, you sought counsel for other people, they're praying for you. And even, even after all that, you don't have a clear leading. Yeah. Um, Someone had shared with me, one of our professors at Denver Seminary shared this idea of a range of faithful options. Okay. That if we've done the work, if we've really dived into prayer, that we've really sought God's leading, the counsel of others, and we still are at that point of where we can still go left or still go right, that might be the opportunity to make either decision. Yeah. And I I, I think... What we do in our minds is saying, you know what, if I go to this school or that school or if um, I jump into this career or that career, if we move or don't move, then one of these options is going to lead to like the worst case scenario and death and doom and I don't know, all the awful things that our minds can come up. And if we pick that, then we might as well just like, I don't know, give up. Yep. But I think there's often situations in our life, if we've really done that work, if we've prayed, if we've sought God's counsel, sought the counsel of others, and we still don't have like a really strong push either way, then God might be saying to us, you know what, I, I want you to be faithful, I want you to follow me, but I see either of these things for you. Yeah, and that's entirely possible. So some people, you, if you've listened to this, if you're hearing my message, you know that I strongly believe in the sovereignty of God. Mm-hmm. I believe that God is sovereign over every single moment of every single human being's life on this planet, and more than just human beings, even the animals and the plant life, right? God mm-hmm. is sovereign over everything. So people get hung up then and thinking, oh no, like, what if I go left instead of going right here? And I think what you're saying is right, because from our perspective— we don't know left or right, and it seems like I've done, I've gone through all these things, and I could go either way. Yeah. God knows that you're going to go left or right, and mm. he already knows what's in his plan, and that's part of his sovereignty. He has already thought ahead of it. He sees it in his foreknowledge, and he has planned it in his providence. So he already knows whether you're going to go left or right, but he's saying, you can figure it out. <laughs> yeah. You can figure it out. And sometimes it's just like taking that step, mm-hmm. right? Even like I said, okay, take a step. There's a lot of things in our lives that we can test out first. Mm-hmm. We can test out a relationship with a date or two, right? right. You can test out a job by shadowing someone. You can go to your, um, you can do a shadow weekend at a, at a college and kind of see what it's like. Right. Yeah. You can check out a church online. Mm-hmm. You know, be, maybe you're listening to a podcast right now to check out our church. Mm-hmm. Okay, you can do these things. So just take a step and then take another step and another step. Okay. So I, I think we've given people a lot of different things to help them discern their step. Yeah. But we have not mentioned the Holy Spirit one time, Sawyer. So where is the Holy Spirit in all this? I thought it's all about listening to the Spirit. 
And I think it is. Okay. How so? I think that functions throughout the whole process. Okay. Yep. If we are allow, if we are renewing our mind, if we are in prayer, then the Holy Spirit is going to be speaking. And it may, I, I think the Holy Spirit and God is creative and works in awesome and amazing ways and may not speak to you the same way that God speaks to other people. Like I, for one, have never heard God audibly speak, I would say. Mm-hmm. But some people have, and that's how they hear God move and speak. And I, I think the Holy Spirit is working strongly throughout this whole process of yeah. speaking through truth through other people, inspi- <laughs> inspiring the words of God that make our minds see them in a different light or apply them to our situation. And, and as we pray, as things come up, as, as we think through this process, if our mind is being renewed, if we are in Christ, then the Holy Spirit is inside of us, active and working. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Yeah, absolutely. So if you are a child of God, you have the Holy Spirit leading you. So the Holy Spirit is involved in all of those things. Mm-hmm. You may be seeking God first with prayer, and you feel strongly urging in, in your heart, I've got to do this. Yeah. Or you have a check in your spirit, don't do this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Boom, you felt the Holy Spirit there. Maybe it's, it's the, on the second step. When you're reading God's Word, the Holy Spirit just makes a passage alive for you for the very first time mm-hmm. or, or confirms something for you. God has done that for me too. Like, oh yeah. Like for, for me, I had already felt God call me to be a, a pastor, but then I read Jeremiah 1 and I'd read it before, but God was speaking to mm-hmm. me through those mm-hmm. words that God was calling me and putting his words in my mouth to go, go speak to people. So, so you're reading God's Word, and the Holy Spirit makes it come alive to you. Or, or perhaps you're seeking counsel with someone. You know, you're asking someone, and you just feel like, wow, this person ha- knows what they're talking about. Right. And the Holy Spirit confirms that that person is the counsel you're supposed to listen to. Mm-hmm. Even when you sought two ad- advice from two different people, one said yes, one said no, but you can just know that that person who, who said yes, perhaps... Wow, that I, I felt like that was the Holy Spirit leading me into that. And, and the same thing with our community. So I would just say at every single one of these steps, the Holy Spirit should be at work in it. Absolutely. Yeah. So hopefully this helps you. Hopefully this helps you take a step. Mm-hmm. I, I preached a message on, on Romans 12, 1 and 2 years ago when I was in Nebraska. And it was basically about the renewing your mind concept, right? So go, how do you know God's will? Get your mind renewed. The more time you spend in God's word, the more your mind is renewed, the more you have better decision making. And afterwards, a, a young lady in, in her early 20s came up to me and she said, Matt, thank you so much. I've been trying to figure out a really hard decision and now I know exactly what to do. Hmm. And it wasn't just this one time. I've had a lot of people tell me that and I'm like, well, what did I say? About that? <laughs> yeah. But it wasn't necessarily, you know, it was as their mind was being renewed, the Holy Spirit is leading them. So I'm hoping that through Sunday's message, and I had a couple people say this to me mm-hmm. after on Sunday, or through this podcast right now, that big decision you're trying to make or, or a smaller one, mm-hmm. That you are unsure about, I'm praying that God w- would speak to you right now and that you would be able to, to be obedient because that's the most important thing to take the step of obedience. That's the hardest thing, but the thing you need to do. Yep, you nailed it right on the head. Perfect. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening, everybody. We appreciate it. We hope this is helpful. We hope it helps bring God into your 10,000 minutes as we all seek to follow God and answer his call. We will be with you next week as we continue our awesome series, The Quest. Thanks so much for listening. See you then. Thank you so much for listening. This is Sawyer Trapp again, associate pastor here at Arise Church Denver. We want to encourage you to do three things. 
First is to subscribe, to make sure you're getting the podcast each and every week to help bring God into your 10,000. We'd also love it if you would share this, if you would make this not only a part of your life, but a part of somebody else's. And then finally, if you are benefited by anything that we do, either as a church or on this podcast, we would love it if you would give. You can do that at risedenver.com give to continue to support the mission and impact that we're having on this community and then the lives of the people of our church and those discovering us for the first time. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week.